Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Those Movie Dudes Podcast, the show where we watch three critically acclaimed films chosen by you guys and talk about them in podcast form. This week we have a collection of films that skyrocket over the two hour mark. First, we hitch a ride to New Orleans for a political corruption scandal featuring none other than Denzel Washington and the always charming Julia Roberts in The Pelican Brief. Then, buckle the hell up for some ridiculous one-liners and insane stunts with Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Cameron's action-adventure film, True Lies. Finally, we head down to a backwoods town in Mississippi as Matthew McConaughey defends Samuel L. Jackson for capital murder of two white racists that raped his daughter in Joel Schumacher's A Time to Kill. (laughs) (laughs) That's like not, that's literally what happened. I just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, Dennis, I will give you a quarter. could have been a theater trick. I did get a bad review on one theater check, and I remember Terry never let me lift that down because I didn't upsell. Wow. Get upsell? Uh, I didn't upsell, and ever since then I upsell the fuck out of everything. So I guess I learned my lesson. My favorite's like they're like, yeah, I'm making a small popcorn. I'm like, you want to do a large for three dollars more? And they're like, sure. Yeah, dude. No, that's <laughs> like, oh, after okay. that. I was like, I'm not gonna just be a little bitch and be like, do you want to get a medium for like a corner? No. <laughs> do you want to get a mega star combo with a fucking large drink and a bucket? It's like twelve bucks. So like, I guess. <laughs> cool. Sure. Yeah. I'm like, oh, and a free refill? Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'm but gonna walk out of the theater to get a refill. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Spencer, what are we doing today? What are we doing today? We're going to be talking about three movies that we had never seen before that won in the poll that we put up in our Instagram stories at those movie dudes every single weekend. You guys can vote on what we talk about. Um, Yeah. Uh, John, what was the movie that we watched for you? Well, Spencer, thanks for asking. We watched a uh, 26-year-old film. came out in 1994 with a good old Arnold Schwarzenegger back in his heyday of action movies directed by James Cameron. We had True Lies. Uh, the movie that won the poll for me uh, was a film that was recommended, actually, by a guy named ABC Cinema back, like, eight months ago. Uh, we put up oh. a questionnaire, we're like, oh, what, what movies should we watch? And he's like, A Time to Kill. It's really good. I'm like, oh, never seen it. And then we waited eight months. Uh, and finally, it won the poll, and we watched it. Oh, a little film about the Ku Klux Klan with Matthew McConaughey and Sandra Bullock. We'll see if we get. I would to hope we, we don't to... skip over it. I'm, you I'm, never I'm know. A meteor, I could come through the ceiling of this hotel and go through my fucking skull any moment, and then we can't do the podcast. But uh, my film was a little 1993 film called The Pelican Brief. I literally just picked it at the end of the last podcast, just randomly. So yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Julia Roberts, Denzel Washington. Um, I have a joke that would have to do with the segue between films. So can we talk about the Pelican Brief and then True Lies? It doesn't have to be like one two. Like we can talk about a time to kill first, but I want to talk about the Pelican Brief before True Lies. That's my that's my request. Okay. Um, okay. Just because, because I have that was very, very on weird. the order, I'm going to respect yes. that. That's fine. Thank you. We can do a time to kill first. I'm I'm fine with that. Great. Like, Thank I'll, you. Yeah. We'll we can do my movie my first movie. for the second time. The movie that we watched for me this week was A Time to Kill. It came out in 1996, directed by Joel Schumacher, who obviously did Batman and Robin, you know, the classically, critically acclaimed film. Um, this one is very different, though. It's very uh, more serious, more of a drama. It's about a young lawyer who defends a black man accused of murdering two white men who raped his <clears throat> 10-year-old daughter, spark- Oops, sorry, sparking a rebirth of the KKK. 
I knew that this was going to be a heavy movie going into it. I knew that the length was pretty long, two hours and 29 minutes. Uh, all right. But it had a pretty all-star cast. Matthew McConaughey, Sandra Bullock, Samuel L. Jackson, Kevin Spacey, Ashley Judd, Donald Sutherland, Oliver Platt. Ooh, Kevin Keeper Sutherland. Keeper Sutherland, <laughs> yeah. Guy who likes Why to is tackle Christmas Keeper trees. Keeper Sutherland and Chris always Cooper. such a dick, dude. Because he's Keeper Sutherland. He's such a dick, at least in his younger roles. You know what I mean? He always just wants to fuck shit up in the worst he plays a good villain i guess and a reoccurring background actor in this movie is octavia spencer uh (laughs) i don't know if you guys noticed that wait is she really she's in a couple of scenes yeah she's a nurse (laughs) she's in a couple lines but uh oh my god okay i didn't i actually didn't notice that anyways uh nate you watched this film obviously what was your uh, initial thoughts on a time to kill even though this movie was two and a half hours long i didn't feel it this was one of those movies that I just, I woke up, I watched it, and it just kind of clicked from the start. Sometimes movies that I watch early, I'm like, groggy, it takes me a little bit to get into it. But this one, it just, the way it was set up at the beginning, it worked really well. And I thought the performances drove this movie. This was the week for good, like, acting duos, like, starring in movies. Like, it's crazy. Bullock and McConaughey. Julia Roberts and Denzel Washington and Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis, but I don't know if okay, but yeah, no, I thought Samuel L. Jackson was actually one of the stars in this one just because it was weird seeing him as such a vulnerable person. Usually, he's like cast as just like this—he's like a badass or the cool yeah. guy or something. But in this, he was a distraught father, and it was—I love courtroom yeah. drama. I don't know why. Like, Anatomy of a Murder is one of my favorite courtroom drama films, along with, like, 12 Angry Men. And this one actually did it really well. And I thought Matthew McConaughey, like, flourished as a lawyer. Like, the whole final sequence where he's having the jury close their eyes kind of thing. I was, like, holding my breath. I was was like, oh, my God. And Kevin Spacey was great as just this dick other lawyer and i was just like blame himself oh basically and i was just like well yeah it's just something with the courtroom drama and stuff it was it was nice very good interesting john time to kill yeah Um, i pretty much uh a long movie i i woke up in my my king size hotel room bed all the lights were off with my air conditioning down to 63 degrees because i actually can do that and not get yelled at by my dad Open up my laptop and watch The Time to Kill. So uh, that's how I started off my day with this courtroom drama, which we have seen a lot of them lately. Well, Just Mercy, which is very much one of these these type of movies, and then uh, Trial of Chicago Seven. So we've had uh, we've had a few of these movies lately. But I always go into these films thinking like, oh man, this is going to be a long, dragged out thing. But then just getting end up getting completely captivated by what's going on. Matthew McConaughey just kind of blew me away in this movie because he's he's at that point in his career where it's like he's still in his romantic comedy phase, you know, and I guess he just snuck in and did this movie and really just killed it. He reminded me of a a lot of uh, at the time Matthew McConaughey had only uh, he only had Days and Confused, like a little scene in Angels in the Outfield and Texas Chainsaw Massacre the Next Generation. And then he was leading wow. a time to kill. It's like a legit so, leading role, yeah. Yeah, so. and I yeah, I mean he absolutely knocked it out of the park. I think he did a great job. I could you could definitely see where he's gonna lean into his like romantic comedy tropes 
on like in, in some of his mannerisms and like he's just always like that cool guy like that slick like i got you like, and he's always, always a lawyer absolutely. he's um, always a lawyer like yeah I think lincoln, lincoln lawyer, lawyer <laughs> amistad like yeah, he's a good lawyer like influential people that it's just like all right you know what i'll listen to what you gotta say <laughs> Right. Kind of like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I feel like they just have this charisma about them. Where I mean, they—if I was on a jury, I'd probably be swayed as well. So, sure. Yeah. But I do think that the standout here was Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, I think he was really good. And like what Nate said, like you don't really see him play these like vulnerable characters too, too much. He's mainly just like that tough, like badass motherfucker that's like, I'm gonna punch you in the face if you like disrespect me. Is he did get a? He was the only one that got a. I think it was a Golden Globe nomination. But yes. Uh, I initially yeah, thought that this won some Oscars for some reason, but I was very wrong. Uh, I discovered that once it won, and my apologies. Um, but yeah, and the length didn't really bother me. Like it was the longest out of all of them this week, and this one went by the fastest easily, uh, just because it hooks you right away. The first fifteen minutes, it's like, holy shit! Like this is a pretty yeah. intense movie, like right out right out of the gate, uh, and you're just kind of curious to see like what goes on from there and what does end up happening. It's like jesus like this is it's, you would it's you even immediately like, get behind these characters yeah. based off that opening sequence and you're just like holy shit dude like i need to see these guys get justice and and everything related to that um like, i, I did however think they go ahead go ahead i was it's probably the best joel schumacher movie that i've seen of his and you um, could tell it was him like yeah. the the music that he used in some of the shots i was like he was definitely a little bit of an eccentric, I think. Yeah. Just oh, the music that he used, some of very his of elegant shots. I was like, yeah, I can I can understand that he did this. I think for me, Samuel L. Jackson, yes, he was really good, but I think he was kind of underused. Um, because for the vast majority of the movie, he doesn't say anything, and obviously he's the defendant. It would have been good if they gave him a little bit more of a voice in the courtroom. He definitely had some scenes, but maybe just a little bit more. Because a lot of the time it was Matthew McConaughey and... Sandra Bullock doing their thing, and the judge also reminded me a lot of uh, Trial of Chicago 7, where he just shuts down anything that would give them a remote case. And I thought, I actually thought Samuel Jackson was actually pretty well used, because the scenes that he was in were some of the best scenes. Like I remember more of them. He does what he does, and then the cops go to his house, and he doesn't even put his arms out or anything. He submits, basically. Right. He's like, yeah. I know what I did, and it was just a powerful statement, and it was cool seeing how the cops reacted, because they also respected him. Instead of revolving around, like, a miscarriage of justice, instead it's like, we all know that he did it, but, like, was were the ends justified by the means, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it I did show flaws in the judicial great... system. Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't think he gets off in a real-life scenario. Like, he oh, did murder not. the... What I liked about this movie that uh, helped hook me uh, immediately was how he, he basically got his revenge. It was in front of everybody, and so it was like, okay, so how are they going? How are they going to try to defend that? And I, I liked how they were yeah. uh, trying to do that. I think that was an interesting uh, move story wise for them to do it. And McConaughey did it with that final speech. I was moved. I Amazing. was like, holy crap! The final thing he says, I won't say it, but. He says it, and then you just see everyone in the jury open their eyes and go... Sobbing as well. Oh, my God. I'll give my thoughts on this. Um, It wasn't the best best movie in the world, I'll say that. But I just had a really good 
time watching it, not because of the subject matter, but because of how the characters made the movie feel so realistic. And so for that, I'm giving it a four out of five. But it's one that I would definitely rewatch just because I like the subject matter. And you can't go wrong with young Matthew McConaughey. Sandra Bullock getting into her prime. Samuel L. Jackson right. with a very unconventional role for him. But it's nice to see an actor that is like portrayed as this badass tough guy. But when you see vulnerability, it really makes you respect them more as an actor. Um, so yeah, I'm going four out of five. Not the greatest movie in the world, but I enjoyed the heck out of it. Already? Yeah. Very nice. Mainstream Boy. Where are you going with this Mainstream Boy over here. And all these films are are very much on the mainstream level, I would say. So I had a pretty good week overall. All out of the 90s uh, as well. Yeah, which is a, you know, a time that I like to visit a lot if you go back to our older episodes. Uh, but yeah, I think... Everybody in this movie, all the main actors and a lot of the uh, the smaller roles and Joel Schumacher, like everybody was genuinely at the top of their game with this one. Um, I think that he built very uh, well-crafted, relatable characters around a really powerful story that hooks you from the very beginning. And it, it doesn't hold up like it's a very intense courtroom drama, um, like especially with everything going on outside the courtroom, like all the, the brawls and stuff of the KKK and um, the people supporting uh samuel jackson's character like it was it was so much built up tension and intensity that the payoff was worth it like it was just a very well done film so i am gonna match nate's grade with a four out of five kind of puts me in a weird spot because i'm coming under at a three and a half out of five uh it's a good movie and i think you should check it out it's on hbo max uh if you have a subscription which you should because wonder woman's going to come out in a month on that stream oh service. my god oh, when you boy. said that i am so, yeah. watching that christmas day my mom works Dude, that day, and we have nothing Soul planned. Come to Disney Plus. Oh yeah, I yep. can't wait to uh, see that was... one as well. Well, if you guys do a mainstream so boy, then I may hey, have to make an appearance. Christmas present for it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Nate's gonna join mainstream boy. <laughs> 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 okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. If those are options, I'm definitely watching Wonder Woman on Christmas because I will be and in my bed. Don't have a oh my god! They're just gonna if you have a if you have a service, it's gonna be great. John, an, another uh, John Grisham book uh, adapted into a feature film that we also watched okay. because he wrote the novel for A Time to Kill, and he also wrote the novel for The Pelican oh Brief. Oh, my God. Dude, I didn't realize that the A Time to Kill was also a John Grisham book. That it, yeah. Yeah, I didn't it realize totally fits the vibe. I, I was finished <laughs> the week. I'm like, A Pelican Brief and Time to Kill. I'm like, I just, something similar was – something was off about that. It was, it was very similar. I totally yeah. see it now. Same yep. novels. Yeah, same author. <laughs> It was a thing mm. in the 90s, dude, where I, I just remember back in the day, there were always John Grisham books, like, laying around the house. And all I think of it was just like about I, lawyers, the firm, uh, run yeah, man. Jury, like all of them. It's just a thing dads like to read while they just sit there like and throw black coffee or something. Anyways. Like I said earlier, I kind of picked this movie at the end of the last episode. I, 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 I was underprepared, and I didn't have my picks, but... I'm glad I picked it. Um, so yeah, the Bel- the Pelican Reef, the Pelican Brief, 1993, directed by Alan J. Pakula. He was the Clute guy, right? So. Julia Roberts, Denzel Washington. Two Supreme Court justices have been assassinated. One lone law student has stumbled upon the truth. An investigative journalist wants her story. Everybody else wants her dead. Um, whoa (laughs) but like i'm i'm a sucker for anything julia roberts after we watched notting hill like earlier this year Uh, um my god 
And so anything with her in it, (laughs) anything (laughs) with her in it, I will take. And of course, Denzel Washington, another fantastic actor, two-time Oscar winner. Usually I'm not the biggest fan of movies about politics because it can get so convoluted and heavy. It can sometimes be hard to follow. But this one was actually pretty well done because Julia Roberts just kind of had this random theory about what happened. And of course, in movies, you kind of have to take a chance with these shots in the dark. But the way it kind of played out and how Denzel Washington portrayed his character, of Greg Grantham, it was really cool. And they had... I'm, it's going to be hard between this and True Lies, but as far as lead chemistry, I thought Julia Roberts and Denzel Washington, that was something I would have never thought would have worked, but they worked so well together. Mm-hmm. And they had some great action sequences, and it, it made me kind of appreciate uh, political movies. So, Jonathan... Do you yes, like birds of the sea? And if so, how big of a fish can a pelican hold? I mean, I've seen Finding Nemo, and they that pelican can hold a fair amount of fish in its beak. At least you know? two. At bare minimum two, if not like uh, that whole yeah, fucking fish four. tank. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know about real life pelicans, but I forget that pelican's name in Finding Nemo. But he could hold a lot of fish, man. Speaking of pelicans, uh, we watched a pelican brief, and I watched. I watched it too. So, uh, yeah, I think. <laughs> This was a it was a long movie. It was late. I went to the airport, downloaded the movie on my phone, got on the plane, and started watching it. Oh my god! You watched it on your phone? I didn't have a choice. Man. How no, can you I, do that? Like, you want me to watch all these movies by Thursday? Hey, I make it happen. Sometimes oh man! It's not the best setting. What were your thoughts on the Pelican Brief? I will agree with you that I think Denzel and Julia Roberts had some very good uh, chemistry that doesn't turn romantic, and I'm very glad that they didn't let it get that way because it was a very Same. good kind of just it's good like, friendship. There was so much. It was friendship, but like you trust. could tell that they just had so much appreciation for each other, and they had to. She had no one else to trust. You know what I mean? But and I loved that. But I did think, and maybe it was the context again. Like if I watched it again, maybe this wouldn't happen. But Maybe like 45 minutes in, I was just, I was, I thought it was dragging. And compared to a movie like uh, Time to Kill, which I felt like built up that intensity throughout the whole thing, this one had a boring part that picked up toward the, the third act of the movie um, when people just kind of started getting picked off one by one. And I think once the action picks up, it's like her and Denzel Washington doing their thing, trying to bring these guys to justice and stay out of harm's way. Loved that. I thought it was really well done. Um, for the most part, I think that this was a, a very well-crafted film. Another movie with some corruption in our government yeah, systems. Like, it's oh yeah, Same kind of this odd. Is, it's, it's crazy, because I see something like this, unfortunately, being a big possibility these days. And it's really scary. So, yeah. <laughs> it, it's because they portray it in such a way that it, it does feel real. But before we get into that, Mr. Mr. Drake... Um, yes, hello, Ducky. You're, you're, you, you, you would uh, consider yourself a little bit of a movie connoisseur, would you? Yeah, I dabble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, did watch Babel. Yeah. So, what did you think of Me Earl and the Dying Girl? Me Earl and the Dying Girl is actually a really <laughs> good Olivia movie. I referenced that movie a couple days ago. Um, but, she's in Sound of Metal, and I was like, and Brooke's like, oh, wait, what, what movie she's been in? I'm like, oh, Me Earl and the Dying Girl. She's like, never seen it. I'm like, oh. Ready Player One is also Ready really Player One, good. and then I was just like, ah. Yeah, so I 
completely agree with what you guys have said so far about the chemistry between Julia Roberts and Denzel Washington. Fantastic. And I like that it didn't go romantic. I like that there was just like that trust and like that friendship. Uh, it was really nice to see. And they do give some great performances. And I do think that the, there's some scenes with some really solid directing, especially some of like the nail biting tensions, like the, like the guy, uh, John Hurd in the hotel room, uh, and like the mirror slowly opens, like it, it's mm-hmm. just some of those yeah. scenes, like it just like holds on that. And Stanley Tucci with his other Stanley um, Tucci was good <laughs> with his other <laughs> movies, like Clute uh, and Sophie's Choice. He does he does do a good job of like kind of creating that suspense and like making you kind of feel like like something's off, like something's not quite right. And I do enjoy how he like films his movies and shoots them, but deep down in this movie, there is a great movie here, but it's just so bogged down with so many subplots that just didn't need to be in it. Especially, like, cut out that president's like stuff. Like, it just was so like it it just made the movie drag so much for me. And like also seeing Stanley Tucci, which was kind of hilarious, having him like be like all these disguises. Like, do we really need him see, like to him take out like seventy six people? Like, okay, like <laughs> <laughs> great. But once it finally gets going, and we see Julia Roberts and Denzel Washington, they finally get together like an hour and fifteen minutes into the movie. Then it's like, okay, here we go. Like, this is what like I've been waiting for. And yeah, like there are scenes that it was like, this is picking up. This is really good. But. Do, That's do the thing with even... those political dramas, though, dude, where they have to have all this extra stuff to make it seem like a realistic scenario where, like, the president's in on it. So this is really serious and it's going to have also all made these me think repercussions. Because his other movies, Sophie's Choice and Clue, at least the ones that we've seen so far, I haven't seen all the president's men. But it's all these movie. movies are really long and you can feel the length. I remember Clue being like all right, get going like two hours and 17 minutes or so. And, uh, Sophie's choice was like even longer, I think longer um, than this. So it's like, like he, when he's in the editing room, he's, he just can't he likes let to stuff include go. a lot that I don't feel like is <laughs> yeah. really necessary for his stories, like the overall story. But I do think he does a great job directing. I mean, I, his movies are very well crafted. Like you said, um, I just don't know if we needed all that was given in this. Yeah, and it was nice. I liked seeing Sam Shepard. He played the professor, because I know him from Days of Heaven. And it usually I find it kind of weird with the whole student-teacher relationship kind of thing. This one was a little more believable, but it was still kind of odd just seeing stuff like that. But the whole thing with the car ignition, when she gets in the car with Denzel and the, tries to start the car, I'm like, oh no, oh no. And then... Of course, Didn't you stuff think plays that out. Scene, they they just it kind of got a little bit comical when well, yeah. she was like, "Oh hey, wait a second, just look at this," and he pulls the key away, and they keep doing it like three or four times over. Well, no, I was I like, mean, "Oh my it god!" Was, I mean, <laughs> it was obvious what was happening, but it was one of those right. scenes that felt very like Hitchcockian, like with like the camera moves, like it like slowly pushed in on like the key, then like oh like the hand gra- like she grabs his hand, and it goes back to her reading. Like it was all like a really cool uh, camera movement how they were doing it. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I do like some of those scenes. Um, it just – some of the – like the subplots with the, like the president in, in particular uh, and the guy from Ghost, uh, Dylan yeah. Goldwyn. Just I don't think we needed <laughs> that storyline. I mean, they, it, you could be referencing it. We could be talking about it. But they kept yeah. cutting back to him, the president, just playing with his fucking dog. And <laughs> Yeah, I thought, so I thought that guy was going to have more of a – more more something in it. Like, yeah. 
Stanley Tucci was just kind of in it and then gone. I thought the yeah. Secretary of the State was like going to be the villain. Like, and I guess essentially, this isn't really a spoiler, there was but like, like no the bad villain. we never meet the bad guy. I don't I don't really know how to explain it, but the way it plays out and whatnot, you you know who it is, but it's hard to. I don't know, it's hard to believe it when you can't put a face to somebody. And you yeah. don't see very many pelicans, aside from the beginning no. of, like, the opening shots. is like There's the some pelicans flying shot. near a sunset, and they have... It was, like, nice cinematography, I but... I was going to go over your head if it was a pelican in the shot. Oh, dude, no. That flew right in front of my eyes, and I couldn't stop looking at it. But as far as it's... As far as it being, like, relevant to... The actual brief, I don't know why it was called the Pelican Brief. I, I guess it could have just been called the Brief. Well, because she's from New there, Orleans well, and there's what pelicans was the in conspiracy New Orleans. involved, like, pelicans and, like, drilling and, like... I was something to do with the oil. There was, what, like, some sort of was. oil thing where the guy who was funding the president's campaign, like, had some sort of conspiracy with all this money he got from drilling oil. It was... Because it's the thing, like, I was actively paying attention. I was trying to be like, what exactly is the Pelican Brief? I just don't feel like it was explained at all. It was more just like, oh, Julie Roberts, like, we got to get her. And, like, I like the cat and mouse yeah. aspect of it. But, like, I just well, didn't, I don't know. I, I guess if we, in order to explain it, we would have to spoil it kind of thing. That's the only way I can think of explaining the brief. I mean, yeah. you have to spoil who's behind it, I guess. Yeah, well, that's exactly, yeah, that's why. Um, and that's kind of, if you were to get into it, that would kind of solve why they're after her. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I'll ask but, you podcast sometime. Sorry. Yeah. It would be no, a two-hour spoiler discussion yeah. of the Pelican Brief. Because I, I genuinely was like, I was so confused. Like, what, what exactly was the overall conspiracy cover-up thing? I, but, yeah. Yeah, but it was, I still thought, as like, once I was able to follow the story, and they did do some, I thought, well-placed exposition that way for the people who might be lost will understand what is actually going on um sometimes it's right on the surface and it can be kind of off-putting but this one i thought it was done really well as you slowly start to see who's involved who's got something to hide who's actually important like it sucked because i was like oh stanley tucci's like this hitman like this could be kind of a cool this could lead up to some cool things and it never really did um but the performances by these two just drove it for me yeah i i don't know i i enjoyed it i just thought julia roberts and denzel stole it politics and stuff you can watch a movie about politics and whatnot and have chases and have it be some kind of a thriller but it really only works if you have the right people on screen and i thought these two were perfect for it yeah and of course they're they're in their prime back in the early 90s as well where Denzel's making, you know, Oscar-worthy movies and Julia Roberts as, as well. So I think that their their team up in this movie was unexpectedly really, really good. I think with these John Grisham books, you're, you're trying to put in... There's probably a ridiculous amount of exposition in that in that book that they tried to pack in here. And maybe it just... We either, we either overlooked it or they just didn't put enough in to make it actually make complete sense for the viewer. But... uh Overall, I I think it's there was enough there for me to find this movie like very engaging and exhilarating. Um, but there definitely was some stuff in there that bogged it down that they put they probably could have cut out. Watching this on a plane at 11 p.m., I still was very much into it, so I'd give it a three and a half out of five. Hmm. All right. Well, once again, I yeah. apologize for 
being that guy on the Those Movie Dudes podcast show this week, but two and I'm a coming half. under. I feel like I'm I've going, been so positive lately, dude. I'm going two and a half you know? out of five. Uh, just Damn. because it, I, I do like some paranormal thrillers, and I do think this has some good performances. It's just overall the story, I just I wasn't that into it. I was a little bored by it, to be honest. I do think it has really good performances, and the cinematography is good. I think there's some scenes with some really good directing, but overall it just kind of seemed like maybe he was kind of sleeping through it, or they just, I don't know, bogged <laughs> it together in the editing bay. It just didn't work. I, I really don't understand what about this movie it was just I didn't like, but two and a half out of five for me. Didn't get the fresh. Was it the lack hmm. of pelicans? Do you think if there were no, more there was, pelicans like in the movie? There was the right okay. amount of pelicans before it became like a fucking satire. Right. There was just okay. a brief moment of Ooh. pelicans and they did go full circles they do show more pelicans at the end i think so yeah. they kind of like hey by the way like here's some more pelicans if you wanted to see some more so they should have just had five. julia roberts like get on the back of like a giant pelican and just fly off into the sunset like that would have been yeah, kind of cool it, or it's like tusk and she gets turned into a, a fucking pelican <laughs> but if spencer is going to be the downgrader <laughs> on this one i'll be the upgrader Ooh. i'm giving this one a four out of five I still enjoyed hey. it. Um, see, this week, they were long movies, but they all flew by for me. Like, I enjoyed oh, this yeah. one. There were there were some little moments that dragged, but you have to get through the drag in order for the suspense to be effective, I think. And so the whole, like, that guy chasing her in the street and um, how she has to have her friend, like, be there with her. And then she's like, you... It would probably be best for me if you left. I don't know. It just, it worked. And I am in love with Julia Roberts. And Denzel Washington is fantastic. And so it's always nice to see that. Kind of messy at points. And yeah, that president should not have been on screen as much as he was. His acting was not Mm. very good. Like, you see him in the limo. Like, well, uh, well... What do we do? And I think <laughs> I was if like, the president was like Morgan Freeman, then maybe it would have been just a better a different film. Movie, it seemed like. Yeah, but <laughs> it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't ruin it for me. I still had a good time because the performances were that good, and the moments of suspense that there was, like Spencer said, the shot with the mirror and the gun. It's like he left the camera there and just let the scene play out itself with like cuts of close-ups and whatnot but it made it really suspenseful and it made you curious on who was going to be next who can be trusted so stuff like that's always interesting to me but yeah i'm giving that a four out of five as well a very very good movie to me to me not to spencer because he hates it but i didn't hate it (laughs) it's it's borderline fresh it just didn't quite get there i I still think it's decent okay john do your little transition joke about true lies so, okay, everybody shut the fuck up. I have a, I have a joke that's probably not going to work because I it's suck not. at telling jokes. So speaking of the Pelican brief, we have a film where a Pelican is readily responsible for the death of four people in True Lies starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. This film had more use of Pelican than a movie that has the name in its fucking title. Do you guys know the scene I'm talking about or not? Yes. No. True Lies, Ronald Schwarzenegger, 1994, James Cameron, mainstream boy, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tom Arnold, freaking a fearless globetrotting terrorist battling secret agent has his life turned upside down when he discovers his wife might be having an affair with a used car salesman while terrorists smuggle nuclear warheads 
in the United States, specifically Key West. Randomly. Not not the best place if you want to escape, considering there's just hundreds of miles of bridges with two lanes. But they address that in the movie, though. They either go to Cuba, which I guess would be outside of the U.S.'s jurisdiction, but instead somehow they most of the important people actually make it to Miami. I don't know how they did it. Yeah, I think this movie, you know, we got a slightly convoluted plot in there, but we got Arnold Schwarzenegger, which, according to Nate, had really good chemistry with Jamie Lee Curtis. I might slightly disagree, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Nate, you do seem excited, though, so go ahead and give me your initial thoughts on Lives. I I love a good 90s Arnold. It's always nice to see him. I was a big fan of Jingle All the Way when I was a kid, so seeing this similar Arnold as just like this dad who's always late for stuff and his family's like resenting him because he's never there. Like, and it's just James Cameron. It's going to be, there's going to be action. There's going to be explosions. There's going to be this and that. And I had a blast watching this movie. (laughs) It was just fun. And seeing like people on skis, downhill skiing with Uzis, like, yes. And, I'm like, how is that gate underwater? That confused me. I thought that was a gate that they, like, dr- at the beginning, when Arnold's drilling under the ice. Oh. Yep, I'm yep. sitting there looking at it going, wait, isn't that the driveway? How is there water there? And I had a blonde moment for a minute, and I was like, oh, wait, it's actually a lake. But I don't know. It was just something about the over-the-top spyness of it just like they had an actual hidden location for this organization and what was the little emblem that it said the last line of defense does the united states have a last line of defense absolutely <laughs> like, and it's like is there Schwarzenegger. it's arnold and sylvester <laughs> stallone playing poker in like an interrogation room <laughs> and, and when some half-assing it and like a, a red white and blue american flag just blinks on the screen and they both just look at it and they like put jetpacks on and they fly out. It was just fun action, 90s action. That's a, that's the best I can really explain it. Is if it's it's Arnold, stuff's going to blow up. There's going to be helicopters, there's going to be nukes. There's going to be big RPGs that might not shoot in the right direction. A lot yeah. of just stuff and it was nice seeing Jamie Lee Curtis not as just Halloween because I've seen her in that and like Freaky Friday and some other random things. Fish called Wanda. But it was yeah. yeah. Um but she she even said up until True Lies like Halloween was her favorite role but this role of is her favorite that yeah. she's ever done. Um oh, yeah. and I can see why because she was awesome. It was just funny. <laughs> just seeing her in something completely different just being this kind of housewife and how they she's sneaking around in this movie where they easily could have used her like his wife as kind of a throwaway. Well she, initially that's how it was, was set like, up. Yeah. So. so I first I first watched this movie uh, March six two thousand eighteen. I remember being slightly buzzed. Uh, I was drinking at the time, and I just was like, "This movie's gonna be a very serious like action movie." It's Arnold Schwarzenegger looking all serious, like with a gun and a grenade in between the title. I'm like, all right, I'm in for like a nice '90s serious action thriller with Arnold Schwarzenegger, James Cameron directing it. And then the movie starts, and I was laughing so hard. And oh, yeah. the laugh stayed consistent throughout. And I was so confused. I'm like, this is what True Lies is? And so, flash forward a couple of years later, and some change, uh, re-watching this, I loved it even more the second time. It's This movie just... It reminds me of how much fun a movie can be. 
because it has everything that you could possibly want in a movie. It's got comedy, it's got action, it's got some like legit scenes of suspense, and the performances are great. They're, the chemistry between Jamie Lee Curtis uh, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is great, but in particular, uh, Tom Arnold, the, his supporting guy in the van. I love the chemistry between them, just like their banter back and <sighs> forth, like, <laughs> like how they have... Uh, they were holding things over each other, like about like previous things uh, they did on assignment that they fucked up on. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah you should probably take that street down there. It's probably faster. <laughs> like, it's just I kind of so thought Tom brilliant. Arnold was like the most over the top character, where like a lot of the stuff he said, I felt like it kind of like the scenes would just drag on too long, and he was saying stuff that was like off the cuff. I, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 di- I definitely laughed, but I was like, okay, can we just get out of Tom, like, get away from Tom Arnold here? Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. This movie was just a shitload of fun. Um, just the action by James Cameron, like all the special effects was 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 funny and also like insanely action packed, especially toward the end of the movie. The plot <laughs> is very convoluted, like especially that main like the main Asian woman that just Juno kind of throws Skitter. Arnold for a loop. Yeah. I don't understand her motives because she has this access money. to all these like ancient She's just like an Persian artist. artifacts. She even I know, says no, 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 what but, her point was. But I feel like she's like, yeah, I don't care about this, uh, the causes of these people. But she had access to all these artifacts that I guarantee she could have gotten way more money in a legal way rather than risking her life with all these terrorists. That's yeah, what I, I was like, okay. I couldn't go on a crazy, fun adventure with his wife and also okay, and that's fine. That's chase fine. a guy on a motorcycle through a hotel while he's, all, while he's on a horse. And then on go a up horse. An elevator that was and have fucking a absolutely incredible. Incredible. <laughs> Dude, Amazing. when he fucking flies the motorcycle off the building, I'm like, okay, well, that's ridiculous. And then Arnold yeah, fucking gets ready to do horse. it with the horse. I went, no. I'm like, there's no way he's doing Dude, this. And then the horse <laughs> stops. I'm like, okay. So hard. This, and then, and this I would have laughed equally if he made it with the horse, though. Like he and they just have this. If long they had wide committed shot of him, to that motion. scene, I feel like it would have <laughs> became the satire that it was like on the fucking line of becoming. Like it was so close to being basically just a James Bond satire because James Cameron's yeah, yeah. initial idea with this movie, despite the fact that it's a remake of a foreign film, um, just loosely based on a uh, on the foreign film, but his idea was like. What if James Bond had to come home to his wife and answer to her? That's kind of what <laughs> I thought. I was like, if James Cameron directed a Bond film, yeah, exactly. what would it look yeah. like? He just has so much fun. And he he was attempting comedy, and he actually hired comedy writers to help him out. And he was really like unsatisfied with their work and fired them. And he only left two of their jokes in the movie. The rest is all of just James Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tom Arnold kind of just coming up with things. I think... I Arnold, Don't Arnold forget Bill doesn't Paxton actually too. say a lot. Like when he says something, he need to. it's yeah, it's he's definitely just being Arnold, and that's exactly what I would want from this movie. Like a lot of the time, his one-liners, instead of being like "that was badass," I was just laughing because they made literally no sense in the context. You're of what fired. Just happened. That was one of the lines. <laughs> yeah, you're fired. I'm like, wait, what? The comedy writers. <laughs> that was one of the two jokes that he left in, and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it did get to a point where I thought. The CGI was kind of bad, especially towards spots. the end. To be yeah. fair, um, nineteen what is this? Nineteen uh, what is it? Nineteen ninety four. It was nominated for best visual effects at the Oscars. Oh. <laughs> I was really impressed with the with the special uh, effects in this movie. Considering I was the time, for most I, of them, but at I mean, the end yeah. it looked bad. I was like, because they were maybe that's just because James we're Cameron, so used to. 
Yeah, he was trying to innovate. So they built this massive, most expensive soundstage in the world for that scene. That's I just love how he he's all of a sudden he's like hasn't flown this plane in ten years, and he hops in and just crushes the taxi cab or the the cop car, and just literally just starts massacring buildings with this fucking fighter jet. It just just to save his daughter, who yeah, who we had zero enti- chemistry with by this the way, entire but. movie. I'm like. Who the fuck is that girl? And I could not think of her until I finally looked her up. And it's Eliza Dushku from like Jay and Silent Bob and Wrong Turn. And uh, is it Get It On or Bring It On? Something Bring It On, yeah, from the first one. And I was like, holy crap. And she was only like, what, 13, 14 years old? Something like that. Um, But yeah, it was just funny. Like the pack of cigarettes with the gun or the camera. And how he's walking down the street and he's just pointing it at him. That whole scene in the in the bathroom, he just apologizes to the old man. Sorry oh, for yeah. that. But He tries walking out with his pants around his ankles. He's like, huh? But Sorry, uh, I have to mention Eliza Dushku was the main girl in the uh the Nickelback Rockstar music video. And I I vaguely remember that music video, but I guess, yeah, she's the main person in that. It was kind of funny. Anyway. um, Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, That's why I paused. Uh, But, yeah, it was just a blast. And the whole scene where Arnold's talking to his wife, but he's got a distorted voice. (laughs) And that Tom Arnold or whatever, he's like, so what you're saying is you don't get with him in the sack? And he's like... Will you let me do this spot, please? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, go ahead. Um, but yeah, this is like the James Cameron Bond that nobody asked for, but we all need. Because it was just, it was just fun. I, I could sit and watch, like, that's a movie I would buy and probably watch right now. Just because of how easy it was to watch. Just over-the-top action with just funny performances and Bill Paxton playing the car salesman that just lies. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. He just lies about urinating it. on himself whenever he sees Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, Amazing. That's the thing with this movie. It's like, you read that on paper. It's like, do we, do we really need this like side character? But like, yet you bring in Bill yes. Paxton and he, you give him this like twain of an accent. It's like, okay. As far as James Cameron films go, this one moved its way, way up there as a favorite of mine because it's just it, 90s Arnold is just there's like a charm to him as well as the badassery, I guess, just because he comes home and when he you, when what when you? he thinks his wife's having an affair and he's like picking up the potatoes yeah. and aggressively just banging it on the table. <laughs> it's like, could you be any more obvious that you're just pissed off and don't want to be there? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was great. Dance? Um, I think the film has a way of doing some just like just the campy, cheesy '90s stuff too. Like at the end, his whole family is just playing thumb war at the fucking kitchen table. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like that's so <laughs> no, stupid. Can... But and it, then but the it was smile cool on his face. <laughs> yeah, it it led into her picking up the phone and going, Doris. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. What do you want? And that was kind of cool how it introduced her into it too. I don't know. It's it's sometimes it's hard to explain what makes the movie good in people's minds. But this one I just enjoyed the heck out of. Like I borderline loved it just because yeah. of the performances, how over the top it was. It just it was the perfect formula for it to work. 
and just seeing the warheads and she finding out that he's a spy. It was just, it was funny. It just, the way it worked and her expressions are great. Like she's really good at emoting and she's the only one that can like, (laughs) it's weird. These guys are special agents. They take down these bad guys and yet she knees him in the balls and she almost gets away. I think the movie, it it just has so much fun with itself too. I just, there's, there's one scene that I thought was so funny um, it's when they're firing the missiles at like the trucks that are literally carrying nukes on the bridge, and the pilot, <laughs> he, he he's like uh, talking the on the thing to to Arnold, and he's like, "Is it safe to fire missiles at these trucks because they're literally carrying nukes?" And he just he's like, "Yeah, of course." And then he just smirks to Tom Arnold. And <laughs> trucks. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I don't know, I don't, maybe not. Yeah, like, if think... he was wrong, literally everybody dies in that moment. <laughs> in, in yeah, I think the pilot said oh, something well, the like... He called it a full is... raid on his wife having an affair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? Dude, yeah. it, it was just fun. And I think it's just one of those movies you got to grab a few beers and just sit down and, and enjoy. If you like Arnold, which how could you not? It, it just worked. And I know it was over the top, but I that's something I, I like in... If it's done right, and it's just '90s Arnold with Jamie Lee Curtis, and I just smiled throughout a lot of this movie, especially the scene with the horse and the elevator and stuff like that. It was just great. Um, so I'm going, I think, with the highest grade of the de- the night, Ooh. four and a half out of five. Wow. This this uh, this one upon a rewatch could be could be close to the five out of five train just because of how self-aware it is nathan uh on march 6 2018 i gave this movie a four and a half out of five as well uh but now have now that i've seen this twice and i loved it even more the second time i think true lies earns this grade that i'm about to give it because i find it absolutely hilarious that this is actually my favorite james cameron film uh i mean out of titanic avatar terminator you guys can have all of those movies you give me true lies any day I'm going to watch this, laugh my ass off, and just watch people explode for no reason. Uh, this movie is just absolutely hilarious. It takes that spy genre and just has fun with it. And this movie is a 5 out of 5 for me. Uh, I absolutely okay. wow. love True Lies. Right. And if you haven't seen there it, go. check it out. It's so much fun. I mean, I I can't fault your, your opinions because this movie is just an insane amount of fun. Um, I think just the extents that they go to for Arnold just to just to do these funny scenes whenever he opens his mouth I'm like did he really just say that but it, it just works and that some of the deaths that that happen too he just fucking burns people alive with gasoline he's snapping necks left and right it's just it's just a hell of a good time but overall it's, just, it's a hell of a good time the convoluted plot aside it's it was just really fun so uh four out of five true lies that was uh this week. We watched some uh, some fun films out of the 90s. Pelican Brief, True Lies, and A Time to Kill. If you have seen any of those movies, comment on our Instagram post. that uh, We post mm. every time we upload a podcast. Uh, let us know what you think of these movies. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, like. Spencer, aren't we, aren't we also watching films next week, too? But it's kind of an unconventional week, as far as I know. Yeah. Uh, uh. Well, back when uh, back in Halloween, Nate had this idea, and I was like, ooh, this is interesting. Uh, you want yeah, because I never usually come up this? with good ideas. No, you don't. No, I don't. It's... Nope. Nope. My ideas are bad. You want to yeah, introduce this, this, uh, this good idea? So... Instead of uh, choosing films about Thanksgiving, 
I thought it would be nice for us to have a week where we commemorate some of the films that we are thankful for. So, these could be films that we've seen. These could be films maybe that we haven't seen that we still have some sort of appreciation for, which can be kind of hard because if you've never seen it. I've got a couple picks, and these are two of my favorite movies. So, why not? Yeah. Are you going to go ahead and reveal them, or should we go first? Oh, you guys are going first. Yeah, screw oh, that. Fantastic. I'm going last. Okay. All right, I guess I'll, uh, I'm gonna I'll go. step oh. up to the to the plate mm. here. This was tough. I spent the majority of the day kind of thinking about this because I've seen so many movies. Letterbox alone, I think I'm over two thousand. Uh, and for some reason, I can only think of the same like five generic ones in my head, like Goodwill Hunting, Interstellar. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, just like these random movies that I wow. just loved, like Science, Six Sense, like all these movies that kind of introduced me to movies and why I love them so much. But I decided not to go that direction because it's broad movies that we're grateful for. I watched um, these, uh, one I watched about like 10 years ago, and I was like, holy shit, movies can be this engaging and, and have such great performances and like also like a lot of fun. So that's why I went with the 2002 film, Catch Me If You Can. Uh, Tom Hanks, yep. Leonardo DiCaprio, Christopher Walken. It's a great little film. Uh, and I really love that movie. Um, so that's one of them. And the other film that I'm going to put it up against is a movie that I feel like I watched at the right point in my life. And I was like, okay, I want to revisit this at some point, And I think this might be the time. Maybe see if I'm still grateful for this movie. It is... Garden State, 2004, Zach wow. Breff directorial debut. Uh, I really enjoyed his two feature films that he's made, uh, The Wish I Was Here and Garden State. Those well, are my two films. I'd be happy to watch either of those. I've never seen Garden State, but uh, Catch Me If You Can is also another film that it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember just absolutely loving it. It's an exhilarating plot, so I would love to revisit that as well. Okay. But, Spencer, be curious my picks, wins. one of which you did recommend... And I can't help but go with it because it's just one of the films that reminds me of the childhood I wish I had, aside from one specific plot point. Hold up. If this is the movie that I think you're about to say, I only recommended it because you always used to talk about this movie. I've never seen it. And that's because it's it's one of my favorite films of all time. It really genuinely is. It's just, it makes me think of my childhood, like I said, that I've never had. And I, uh, it, it's just the imagination that kids can come up with, and that is Bridget Terabithia from 2007. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Bridget Terabithia is going to go up against a movie that has two elements that I just absolutely love, especially when combined together. It has Rachel McAdams and Donald Are Dominic you picking Lisa. About Time? I am, because About oh Time <laughs> is from the year of film that there are so many fucking movies that... Just stand the test of time for me. 2013, there's just her, Spectacular Now, About Time. Philomena Spencer, you mentioned you gave it a 5 out of 5 last night. I, I, re- no, <laughs> I just... realize the, it's because uh, I imported <laughs> my list from IMDb, and any film that I had rated an 8 out of 10 automatically translated to a 5 out of 5. Oh, does it really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. For Letterboxd. Okay. So I was like, okay, that's that's, that explains it. So I was like, I definitely did not give Philomena a 5 out of 5. Like, what's wrong? Anyway, it's a good movie. It's a good movie I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's it's a true story. It's you know whatever. Maybe for but I love the time travel travel element. It's such an upbeat, realistic movie. The father son storyline is 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 incredible as well. And 
you know, Margot Robbie's in it. So what else do you want from a film? So I'm going with two of my favorite movies, one that I know John probably won't like because of how old it is. Probably. But the first one is genuinely probably in my top five. It is 70s film American Graffiti. Never seen um, it. It is phenomenal. And when we talk about why we're thankful for it, I will, I will get more into detail. And then the next one from 1925, The Gold Holy Rush. Shit. Hey, that's all right. Have we watched that already? No. No? Okay. No. Nope. Introduced me to Chaplin, and it has changed the way I've looked at movies. So those are my picks. Okay. Interesting films. Great. Uh, There's some in there that I have seen, some in there that I haven't. So be curious to know what wins the polls. And once again, if you guys are voting in our polls, thank you so much. More and more people keep doing it each week. Uh, I really do appreciate it. It's kind of fun seeing what where people are going to go because uh, sometimes you never know. Sometimes one movie is winning and then you check like a couple hours later and the next one is like it's almost a landslide. It just it crept up and almost beat it. So it is fun. So if you do see it in the stories, definitely vote. They should be up uh, on the weekends. Yeah, uh, make sure you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher. You know, for all your Android users, that one Stitcher Fuck. user, we do appreciate Fuck them. you. Um, and that's all for me. It's all for little ducky. So toodles. Thanks for listening to another episode of the those movie dudes podcast. Thanks to everyone who's voted in the polls on a weekly basis. It really does help out the show. If you do like the show, tell your friends or at the very least, leave a skating review on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you on Monday for mainstream boy. Stay safe, everyone. And watch those fucking hands. <laughs>